The following is a production of Omnus.tv. This week on Revelator, I welcome 311, Righteous Vendetta, and Pop Evil, who make their second appearance on Revelator. It's a triple header happening now. Delivering the goods at every freaking turn. Oh, there's no doubt about it. Welcome to Revelator. My name is Ryan. Thanks for hanging out with me. Speaking of delivering the goods, this show right now, special delivery. 311, Pop Evil, and a really, really kick-ass band, Righteous Vended. I think you're really going to dig, too. Um, I'm going to not talk a whole lot because we're going to get right into it. we got a lot of music, a lot of awesome guests, and... Um, Man, I'm really stoked for everybody to hear it, man. Hopefully everybody's had a great week. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Uh, let's get it going right now. What you've done, Righteous Vendetta leading in the way. Well, 
That is Righteous Vendetta here on Revelator with the song What You've Done. And I'm joined now by the lead singer of the band, Ryan. Hey, uh, Ryan, uh, thanks for hanging out, man. I know you guys are uh, got a couple days off in Pennsylvania and uh, on tour right now. How the heck you doing, man? I'm, I'm doing amazing, man. It's, it's beautiful weather. I'm actually, I'm bowling right now, which is, you know, America's favorite pastime. So I'm just right. doing great, you know? <laughs> how, how, how's your uh, bowling? Are you a left hand, right hand, or...? Dude, I suck so bad. I'm right-handed, <laughs> but I, I don't I don't bowl with my fingers in the ball. I I like palm it and then I spin it out of my hand, and it just like chews up my arm muscles. So like I'm super sore, not doing too good there. Right. Well, you know what? Uh, I found that uh, drinking a, a decent amount of beer um, with bowling goes <laughs> along really really well. Um, you know That's I, what I, I heard. Years ago, I used to hang out with this dude. Uh, we he used to, uh, he actually was like an avid bowler and I sucked at bowling. I would just kind of go along just basically for the beer. Um, and he would, he had a bowling ball in a bag and he used to just take the, the, the bowling ball out of the bag and put a 12 pack in the bag and bring it into the bowling alley. He's like, a 12 pack fits perfect. I'm like, dude, this is why we go bowling a lot right here. You know, You're like you have your own right, ball. Right. He's like, I don't even care about having my own ball. He's like, I just want to go drink beer and, 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 mess around you know so so keep that in mind if, if you get your own uh bag and ball that a 12 pack fits perfect in, in your bowling bag so that i'm sure that the band would be totally cool with me carrying a bowling ball bag around you know <laughs> while we're on tour what's that for? for bowling dude duh right exactly yeah <laughs> Well, uh, we just heard the uh, the uh, song "What You've Done." Um, I want to talk to you about the video for this. Uh, a couple of different things. How rough was it to haul your gear and stuff out to that location, man? Oh man, uh, that location is about it's about thirty minutes from where I, from my house uh, up in the mountains. Um, so, you know, it wasn't too bad. If you notice in the video, there's no like like amp stacks or anything. So we right. were pretty lucky not to have to carry like the really heavy stuff. But uh, we had to lug, like, the generators and, and, like, the playback machines and stuff. We had to lug them a good, like, oh, man, I don't know, like, half a mile uphill in forest. <laughs> so it was pretty rough, dude. It was, it was, quite, a, it was quite a day. It sounds, it sounds like, I mean, the video is really cool. I dig the video. Uh, I like the performance video along with, you know, kind of with the storyline there. Um, now, the dude swinging the axe, was he actually really ha- hacking away there? Was he a little exhausted by the end of the day swinging the axe in the video, man? He was, man. That's my buddy, uh, Alex. Yeah, he, he, uh, we he actually cut down that tree that day. We cut down a couple, actually. Uh, but, <laughs> dude, awesome. the kid's a beast. And so he, he was just like, dude, just go at it. We bought, like, a, fi- a cut fire cutting license, like a wood cutting license, just so he could go hack down some trees. Nice. Nice. Good stuff. Man. It was well, it's, legal. It's really cool it was video. legal. <laughs> yeah, hey, you know, hey, man. I mean, you go out there, you know, it looked like he was having a good time, though. There was parts of the video where you could kind of tell he was just, looked like he was really getting into it, man, So which is which was cool to see. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was really good. He did a great job. Now, uh, the, you guys are from Wyoming. I, I think uh, we've had a lot of bands from all over the country. I don't think we've ever had a band from, from Wyoming on. So uh, what's the what's it like, you know, starting a band in, in that area? You know, I think, you know, the stereotypical thing there in Wyoming, small town, obviously, small location. What was it yeah. like for you guys kind of, you know, getting together and, and breaking out the way you guys have done in the last, you know, five, six years, man? Right, definitely. Well, I mean, starting a band in Wyoming is, is, is I would argue, probably the, the toughest place in the entire country. Uh, where the band formed, like the actual town, is a town of about three 3,500 people. Um, and I just so happened to meet my our guitarist while I was at college in that town. It's like a tiny college town. And so, 
you know, the first two years of our band, we were still, you know, we were finishing college. So, um, you know, we were doing like weekend warrior stuff, spring break tours, Christmas tours. Um, but we could only play in the area so much because it was so small and, you know, the market's so tiny. So it forced us to tour. Like we, we just toured, you know, we, we played like a, a few local shows and then we just started touring like right away, you know? So it kind of forced us to like get out of our comfort zone and book shows in other areas and, and kind of do that thing because we didn't have a major market. We could go call home, you know, like LA or Denver or something like that, you know? Right now. Um, you guys have three full albums. You have two EPs out. Uh, obviously, logging a lot of miles from Wyoming. You guys have played with um, you got Smile, Empty Soul, uh, Taproot. Um, God, the list goes on. You guys have toured with a lot of really, really, really cool bands, man. Um, how how cool have those bands been to kind of get on the road with and and learn from? I know uh, Mike DeWolf from Taproot's been on the show a couple times. Uh, probably one of the nicest guys we've had on, man. Really uh, genuine, nice dude. Um, what's it like to you know tour with guys who've been in the industry that long to kind of you know take you on the road with them, man? Oh, definitely. You know, when we first started touring with these bigger bands like Taproot, and I love Mike, by the way. He's, like, one of my favorite guys, most favorite guys ever. But, um, you know, we, we're we we're, we're really young kids. You know, our, our youngest member is still 17 years old. So, like, we, we look at these guys and we're like, holy cow, man. I was listening to these guys when I was in middle school, and, like, it never registered to us. Like we would actually be touring with the people in bands we looked up to back in, way back in the day. So like after we got over like the, like the surrealness and like almost like the starstruckness of touring with these bands, dude, it was amazing because we learned so much so quickly. Um, you know, being on tour with those bands threw us into this like professional setting and just molded us and shaped us. And, and, uh, dude, all the bands we toured with trapped head PE, all those guys, like, they became our really good friends and they've mentored us and it's just helped us a ton along the way, you know? So it's been awesome. That's always good to hear, man. You know, uh, we haven't, uh, you know what? We haven't heard a lot, really a lot of horror stories about like, oh man, we went on tour with, you know, band X or whatever, you know, and they were dicks or whatever. Usually it's, it's always like, man, everybody's really cool. You know, the camaraderie is good. Now, um, when you're on tour with bands like, you know, that have been around a while, what's the uh, worst prank that's ever been played on you guys as the, as the newbies, man? <laughs> the worst prank. Well, I guess uh, maybe, maybe dude, best prank. Honestly, maybe. we're the band that gets everybody the worst. Like we are the the prank masters. So we don't get hit very hard. But I mean, probably the worst prank. The band hurt when we toured us hurt. They strapped a massive dildo to our trailer, and we didn't know it was there. <laughs> so we were like. <laughs> We were driving down the road, like this thing, like flopping off the back of our trailer. No idea it was there, and they all signed it, and it, it was pretty embarrassing. Like when we stopped, because you see people looking at our stuff, we'd be like, "What the heck are they looking at?" Lo and behold, there's like a ten inch, like three inch wide dildo hanging off the back of our trailer. So uh, that was pretty fun. But dude, we just finished our headlining tour. Uh, well, actually, we're going to our last show and. Our, our support band just left on the last show a couple nights ago, and <laughs> we pulled the best prank on them. When he when their drummer wasn't looking, we opened up his drum head, and we put a suction cup dildo in the drum, and then put the head back on. So like <laughs> nice. it was in it was in the drum, and so he was going to sound check, dude. And he, he hit he hit the drum, and it was totally dead. 
And then we're all like looking from a distance and you just see the sound guy looking and him looking and it's just staring him right in the face. It was like the funniest <laughs> thing I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> Very nice. Sounds like you guys are enjoying your, uh, your time on the road. Um, you know, I, I like the, uh, the, the giant dildo on the back though. That's pretty good. That's, that's a good get right there. Yeah, it was, uh, it was good. It was good. I'll give it to them. <laughs> Now, uh, you guys, you know, obviously the the first full album came out in 2010, um, to, you know, with the latest album, uh, The Fire Inside. Now, uh, where do you think you, you've gone musically from that album to where you are currently? Um, I know, you know, obviously you vocally, you know, even as a heavy band, you have very, very clean vocals. And a lot of the, like the newer metal bands are very guttural, kind of raspy, you know, uh, scream, screamo type, for lack of a better word, I guess, um, which I think kind of sets you guys apart musically in that aspect. Um, is that something? you guys wanted to concentrate on on having cleaner vocals yeah definitely i mean if, if anybody who's familiar with our band since we started playing we used to be like a hardcore all screaming like in your face kind of metal band um and if you listen to our records from 2010 until now uh you can see how we've grown musically and, and, and very quickly we've grown into what we wanted to become and so you know we when we did the fire inside we wanted to write a release that was much more commercial um much more accessible to a larger fan base. And it was what we loved to write. Like I've always loved to scream, but I, I wanted to push myself to be a better singer too. And so, um, this, the entire new record encapsulated what we wanted to become and which direction we were going. And, uh, I think it's, it's, we found our identity in the new record and, and that's what people can expect from us in the future is to build off the fire inside. Very cool, man. No, I I think the tracks we're gonna hear on, on the show, uh, I definitely represent that. Um, now, you know, kind of moving forward. Obviously, you're on tour right now. Um, as a vocalist on the road, you know, obviously, you know, with what's what's the best way you save your voice, save on your voice? I mean, is there any certain rituals or things you do to kind of warm up, or uh, maybe on off days you uh, rest your voice, or you know, for a lot of people, you know, drink honey or avoid dairy or certain things like that. Is there anything that you do that you found works for you vocally while on tour? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the difference between a good night and a bad night is just warming up. Um, I try to warm up for about thirty minutes every every day. Um, so warming up's really key, and then I do avoid dairy and I avoid caffeine. Uh, because those can really like just mess stuff up. So I avoid dairy, uh, avoid, uh, caffeine and I just make sure I warm up every night and dude, that's really all I do, man. Um, I've never had to like do vocal rest or anything like that, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that one day I probably will. Nice. Well, I mean, you know, I think it's good to recognize, even as a young singer, to you know, to obviously recognize those things, you know, for for future 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 reference. But um, getting back on the road now, you're going to be in uh, Columbus, Ohio, here, in, gosh, probably less than a week or so now, um, playing Rock on the Range, which has got to be pretty exciting. Now, I get I got to say, man, um, I lived in Columbus for years, so um, you know, if you're looking, uh, I don't know if you know. You know, worst road meals or anything like that. But if you're looking for a good, if you're looking for a good burger, man, you got to go to Thurman's Cafe um, it, on campus in uh, in Columbus, Ohio. Delaware. So if you get a chance, that, um, check out Thurman's is Cafe. That in Delaware? No, no, uh, Thurman's Wait. Cafe is uh, just right on High Street, man. Dude, I ate there like three weeks ago. My the burger was literally a foot tall, almost. <laughs> right, yeah, right. The Terminator, man. It yeah, was man. huge. I, dude, I ate there. That's funny you said that. We just ate there, like, pretty recently. 
Nice, man. Did you were you able to finish the whole thing, or did you have to? Did you have to tap out, man? Dude, I tapped out. There's no way yeah. I was finishing yeah, right. that thing. <laughs> That's like for for, uh, for for those who aren't familiar with Thurman's Cafe, um, it's you know the, the Terminator is basically like, it's like a burger you could probably split with four people, you know, like literally, like it's massive, man. But you know, if you're there, you got to get oh, yeah. it, you know. So there's no exaggeration there. It's it's ridiculous. It's huge. Awesome, yeah, really cool, really cool scene there through there, man. So Columbus is a good town. I, I miss it a lot, man. I've been in the Nashville area now, so I, I can't complain too much. But uh, man, Columbus is just kind of one of those cool towns. Now, um, there's an old record store there on High Street. I, I don't know if it's still there or not. Uh, it's called Magnolium Thunder Pussy. Now, you would think that that's actually maybe a name of a strip club or something. Um, I don't know if you want to go to a strip bar that's actually named Magnolium Thunder Pussy. I guess it depends on the private dance selection, you know. But. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, if you get a chance, that's another cool spot there. It's right next to Scully's uh, Scully's Diner, which is also a really cool joint, man. Okay, all right, I'll keep that in mind. So just you know, but uh, as far as as far as Rock on the Range is concerned, which I think you guys are playing what May was it May eighteenth? Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Awesome. Um, now, is, is there any? Obviously, it's too, there's tons of bands there uh, at Crew Stadium. Is there anyone that you guys are looking forward to seeing that you haven't seen? Um, I dude, I, I really want to see Ben Sevenfold. Uh, I, I I saw them one time, but I don't really remember it. So I'm really looking forward to seeing that band, of course. Um, yeah, I, I'm honestly just stoked to see. Oh, I want to see Gemini Syndrome, which is cool because they're playing right after us. I haven't got right. to see those guys live. I'm not sure if Nothing More is playing, but I really want to see them too because I've been hearing everything about them. So I mean, those are like a couple of the bands that I'm really stoked to see. Or three of them. I'm glad you mentioned Gemini Syndrome. We had Aaron on uh, from Gemini Syndrome probably about six months ago, man. Really, really cool dude. Uh, really down to earth and uh, really insightful as far as uh, the music. It was a really cool interview, man. So, uh, yeah, I would love to see those guys too, man. Uh, th- their first album uh, is fantastic. Yes, yes, it is. They're amazing. Well, uh, Ryan, man, it's been a pleasure talking with you, man. Uh, is there, you know, obviously you guys are going to be on the road playing a bunch of shows. Um, enjoy Rock on the Range, man. You know, tear that. I, I think people are going to, going to like what you guys are doing. And I, hopefully people are going to dig the, the tracks we're playing on the show here. Uh, people want to know more about what Righteous Vendetta is up to and where, you know, whether you guys are playing the town they're in. Uh, where can, where can they go find out more information about you guys, man? Definitely the first place I'd tell you to go is our website, righteousvendetta.com. Uh, cause it'll link you out to like, Facebook, our tour dates, everything's there at our website. So go check that out. And then uh, you can buy our records straight from us, straight from our website. So if you're looking to buy the music, get it from there because uh, that there's no middleman. It's just from us to you. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'd just say righteousvanetta.com or just Google search us and you'll find something. Awesome. We'll have obviously uh, links to your uh, your social networks on the uh, show link as well, so people can find out more about you guys. What's your uh, bowling score right now as, as we stand? Uh, actually, I just finished right when we called. I was perfect timing, and I had a one sixty seven. Now, uh, man, a one sixty seven is actually not bad. Man, I think I would probably bowl around the ninety or so. So, uh, you know, you're 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 ahead 90. of the curve on, on me, man. So that's not bad. <laughs> That's not bad. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, I mean, for maybe like, you know, for half a game, you know, so. 
<laughs> it's been a long time since I've been bowling, man. You know, um, probably because that you know this guy used to used to go bowling with, man. You know, we we pretty much just got too drunk to really probably finish too many games. Is really what happened. So, but well, hey, uh, uh, Ryan, I'll let you get back to your uh, your frames, man. Uh, and best of luck to you guys on tour. And um, actually, you know, I think you guys are going to be in Tennessee in June sometime. Uh, uh, I think at this place called the Warehouse. So I actually will probably come up and see you guys in June, man. Dude, that'd be sweet. Yeah, Clarksville. Yeah, dude, that's a that's a cool place. Uh, that'd be yeah, awesome yeah. if you come in. Just hit us up, and we'll get you on the guest list, and it'd be sweet. Awesome, and yeah, but uh, I saw. Uh, uh, God, it's been a while since I've been up there, but uh, I saw the guys from Three Pill Morning. Uh, Jeff and those guys were up there uh, about a year or so ago. A really, really cool venue, man. So uh, I'm sure you guys will have a good time up there, and uh, I'll see you around the way, man. Yeah, sounds great, Ryan. Thank you. Hey, brother, take care. This is Righteous Vendetta. This pain here on Revelator. Darken the crowd that I want. 
Righteous Vendetta here on Revelator with this pain. Uh, thanks to the guys for uh, stopping by hanging out with us. Uh, really cool dude. Totally enjoyed it as much as I did. Uh, for more information about Righteous Vendetta, head on over to omnis.tv. Again, that's O-M-N-E-S.tv. Click on episode number 59. Check those guys out, man. Really good stuff. And uh, those guys have uh, logged a lot of miles uh, from coming from Wyoming and uh, have made made their way. Uh, really, really cool dudes. Uh, hey, we've still got a lot to come. We have Peanut from 311s coming on. And Chauncey from Pop Evil will be joining us in just a moment. This is their newest single off the album Onyx, which is a freaking smash hit. We had Matt on a while back uh, talking about the album. Uh, these guys are currently on tour with last week's guest, uh, Glamour of the Kill and Avatar. Hopefully you enjoyed that show as well. This is Torn to Pieces here on Revelator.
Joining me now here on Revelator is Chachi, the drummer from the band Pop Evil. Dude, thanks a lot for cutting some time out, man. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Always a time and plenty of time to stop and say hey, and uh, we're never too busy. Awesome, and I know, uh, you know, we, we kind of get crossed up with phones and stuff. You know, technology is cool like that sometimes. But, uh, man, you guys are on tour right now. No strangers at the road by any means. Uh, now, this time around, you guys are uh, on the road with uh, some of your label mates, which is uh, Glamour of the Kill, who I really dig. Uh, they have a new album coming out. Also, uh, Avatar from Sweden. Uh, what's the first uh, run uh, of the tour been like with those guys, man? Yeah, it's been really great. I mean, we feel very confident in the bill, the strength of the bill. Um, it looks like we're out here with entire package that not only is something for everybody but uh you know i think a pretty good handful of really talented bands uh both those guys are from europe that you mentioned and you know i had never seen glamour of the kill until this tour we were pretty blown away um you know i think i think all of us are guilty of at some point in the night going in and checking out their set and we are all five uh really big fans of avatar so it's definitely an honor to have them out with us and the tour has been great so far yeah, man, uh, we had uh, Davey and Johannes uh, both on, on the broadcast, man. Awesome guys. And uh, Glamour of the Kill, man. Dude, I, people are going to love that album. That's good stuff. And you mentioned you know, the diversity of the bill, too, with Avatar, Glamour of the Kill, and you guys. I mean, I, I think the bill is uh, can't miss, personally, man. So uh, I encourage everyone to obviously, you know, if, if you guys are coming to town, definitely check it out. Now, again, as I said, you guys are no strangers to the road by any means. You know, playing city after city. Now, obviously, this time around, you're kind of seeing a lot of the same cities again. Uh, do you get a chance to kind of take in the local scene as much as you'd like to in some of these towns? Um, we get, you know, I don't know if we get quite as much time as we'd like to. Uh, some, you know, some cities just have so much to offer, and some you have to dig a little deeper to find, you know, their their true character and flavor, but uh, we try to take advantage of the, of the amount of time that we are given. Um, we stay pretty busy throughout the day uh, with loading and setup, sound check, and if we have interviews or, um, you know, uh, I usually try to go to find a cross-up box to drop into and, you know, combine that with eating, and it's usually not a whole lot of free time for us to indulge too much, which is unfortunate, but, uh, you know, we're out here with a job to do, and that job is to put on a great show, and so that is our number one priority. Well, you guys are uh, you're notorious for putting uh, putting on great live shows, man. And uh, I'm looking forward. You guys are gonna make. A, I think your final stop of the tour is in Nashville, which is my neck of the woods. So uh, I will uh, definitely be meeting you guys out there uh, when you come in June. But uh, doing a lot of traveling, you know, it's coming, man. What's the most bizarre thing you've seen on the road, man, in the last uh, year or so? Oh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like there's so many different ways that I can go about answering that. Um, <laughs> You know, we get to meet a lot of different people and a lot of interesting people from very different walks of life. Um, it's pretty special, to, you know, uh, pretty special thing that we have put at our feet there. Um, but there's just a lot to deal with when you live, you know, like us, you know, between 250 and 300 days a year on the road. Um, things to get acclimated to and things that are very normal for us that would be extremely, you know, uh, awkward for somebody else and things that are really awkward for us that are probably really normal for people that live at home. So we're kind of all over the board and what we need to do and what we need to experience. Well, I know uh, you guys are, are really into the social media aspect, which I think I think a lot of bands are nowadays, uh, just because of the benefit. But you guys are really humble guys, Midwest guys. I grew up in Ohio myself, and uh, uh, you guys, are, you know, from the Michigan area. So I mean, I you know, I, I think you know, people from that from at least from that part of the country seem to be a little bit more. Uh, uh, just you know, just more. You guys seem humble, man. Just you know, you know, willing to do whatever it takes to kind of get where you are. Even though you know the Albonics, which is fantastic, has blown up. It's a huge success. Congrats, by the way. Thank you um, so much. 
you guys are always seem to take time out for fans, whether it be on Twitter or meet and greets and, and doing interviews and stuff. And and I think that's really what it's all about, man. Thanks. I, I don't even think about it really as doing an extra step or being humble. I guess to me, it's just something that it's the way that I was raised to do, and the way you treat people. Um, we don't think that we're better than anybody else, and we always have time for anyone because we would always, you know, I'd like to think that other people always have time for us too. Um, it's just kind of that small town mentality of work hard and treat other people like you want to be treated. So, you know, the, the aspect of getting on social media and answering and responding to people to me seems kind of second nature and just and, and necessary. It's the polite thing to do, you know. Well, I think that's well said. But now, uh, as I mentioned earlier before we started the uh, the interview, we had uh, Matt on. Uh, guys, it's been a little while now, but um, he mentioned that you guys were pranked really good by the guys from Drowning Pool. They put a kiddie pool or something on your tour bus, right? Um, now, uh, <laughs> I'm curious, uh, have you guys had a chance to return the favor to uh, any of the bands that you've been on tour with here in the last year or so, man? Uh, once in a while, you know, we... We we try to keep it in good fun, and most of the pranking that we do is more day-to-day joking around. Um, probably one of the bands we're the closest with that we do fool around with occasionally is Theory of a Dead Man. Um, but even less than, you know, potentially destructive or really crazy pranks like we may have done when we were younger, um, I think we take it out. We play a lot of NHL 2014 and uh, just talk a lot of trash <laughs> throughout the day or leave, leave reminder notes up. Uh, on day sheets as who won the last game and stuff like that. Well, cool, man. You know, obviously, you know, trying to enjoy the, uh, the road as much as possible. I imagine if you guys are on the road with drowning pool, though, you got to get them back somewhere, right? Yeah. As soon as you go back out with those guys, I mean, we have to try to think of something, but it's been pretty hard to stop <laughs> CJ. CJ is pretty much a, uh, he, he had obviously been playing that one. Yeah, that, that's, that's a good one. That's one of the better ones I've heard, man, to be honest with you. So hopefully you guys can, uh, get back on the road with them at some point and then return the favor in some way. But, uh, the album Onyx, man, as I mentioned earlier, it's a fantastic album. You guys are, you know, number one hit after number one hit. Uh, you know, touring. You know, you did the uh, the UK thing. You did the Stone Sour tour as well. Um, what was it like for you joining the band and, and kind of going in and laying uh, the drum tracks down? Was there any pressure for you? Did you, did you feel the pressure like when the album came out as a as a musician? Like, man, this, you know, here we are. We're about to release this big album. You know, recording with Johnny K. Was there any pressure on your side at all? Did you feel that? Or um, I think so, but in a positive way. Um, I joined the band before the release of War of Angels, but I did not track on that record. So I was around for the success of that album, which was at that time was, you know, far greater than any success I'd experienced. So the pressure I put on myself really more than anything was just that, you know, I wanted the next record to be better. And that probably sounds ridiculous and pretty impossible for just like a drummer to change. But, you know, I was very aware of what the band had accomplished and I wanted to keep the band moving in that direction, whatever that meant you know, meant for me, whether that meant writing songs or not writing and just tracking and writing the better, you know, the best parts I could, or even just being in the studio and being a positive influence to make everyone else, you know, to be that guy that made everyone else around me better. And uh, so I was definitely aware and, and hungry to, to do a little bit better on, uh, on the next record following War of Angels, which is therefore on it. Right. Now, um, as far as the drummer, you mentioned obviously the CrossFit thing. You're, you're really into that fitness part of which I think is fantastic, man. But uh, do the, does that kind of uh, allow you to uh, push yourself uh, during these live shows? Now that you guys are playing more headlining tours, to push yourself uh, behind the drum kit, man. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you don't, if you're not in shape and you don't feel good, you're not going to be able to play. You know, my style of drumming for very long. And for this tour, like for example, on this tour, you know, we're playing 
minimum of 60 minutes a night. And we're, we, the, to start the run, we had six shows in a row, one day off, six shows in a row. That's a pretty grueling schedule to open up right. the tour with. And, uh, you know, if your body's not well fed, well rested and, and, you know, already exercised and, you know, that's, that's going to be pretty hellacious on yourself. And it's just a different way of life I've taken recently that I think has benefited me in many aspects, but especially, yeah, my, my live drumming definitely. Now I, I've played a little drums just kind of freelance and I, I, I'm pretty sure that if I tried to play like two or three tracks off, off Onyx, I'd be gas, man. So I can imagine, <laughs> uh, you know, so, uh, I, I can only imagine, you know, doing a, doing an hour set, an hour and a half and, you know, with the energy you guys are putting out there. So, uh, kudos to you, man. That's, uh, thank you very much. Fantastic, man. And, uh, and I think that's, I, you know, when people were out seeing you guys on this particular run, uh, I think obviously that's going to translate. Now, uh, the, the single we're going to play on the show here is, uh, Torn to Pieces. And I talked to Matt last time. Obviously, this is a very heartfelt song um, for your singer, but also as a band, I think, collectively, too, just given the meaning of the song. Um, and obviously, it's a very powerful and passionate song. Was there any, uh, were you guys reserved as a band to, to maybe not release this as a single, given the meaning of the song itself? Or uh, Lee was actually pretty skeptical of just releasing it to the record at all. Uh, it was pretty, you know, it's one of those songs that's just almost so personal, you want to keep it to yourself, but it was immediately one of my favorite songs on the record. Um, and I just think it allows everyone to connect, you know, it, it, it's something that's just so simple and relatable, but yet so strong and powerful. And, um, obviously everyone's lost somebody and probably didn't get a chance to say goodbye. And so that, that makes the song, just, I don't know. We just got really blessed with it. Uh, and like, like I said, yeah, Lee was definitely nervous to release it. I think and give it to the world. And, and cause once you open that up, Especially if it's a you know a single a marketed single, it's really no longer his song. You know the song doesn't belong right. to the band; it belongs to the world now. So that's a scary thing to do. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you know I think that goes with with any single, or you know, especially if you're writing something that's obviously very personal or a personal situation where you know having that vulnerability and really opening yourself up and be like, okay, here it is. You know, yeah, uh, kind of, you know, you're hard on hard on a on a plate, pretty much. And um, I think the video was was really really well done on the single, of course, torn to pieces. But um, how how has that song come off live for you guys? Is that you know, I mean, obviously, you know, as a as a group, you know, you guys, you know, known one another for quite some time now. At this point, is that something you guys um, have talked about? You know, during live performances, playing that track, we do play it live. It's it's been played every night of this tour, and. Uh, it goes over really well at first, you know, we started, we didn't really know what to expect. Like it's obviously done well commercially. We were excited and thankful for that. But it, after playing deal, deal with the devil in trenches, you know, we knew what to expect with those live after the commercial success, high energy, people are going to jump around, people are going to go wild. And we're like, all right, torn to pieces is, you know, doing really well. Now what, it's not going to be the same though. Like people can't jump around and yell and scream during that song. But, uh, it's been very well received. I think it's very moving, and I think uh, it's definitely a live favorite in the set of uh, you know ourselves and uh, of the fans so far. Well, it's also I would imagine also a nice change of pace too during the set to kind of take the crowd on on a journey, so to speak. Um, so I, you know, I, I'd imagine it's very well received. Now, uh, if you know you've been in music for a while now, if you weren't playing music, what, what do you think you'd be doing, man? You know, I just, I just don't know. Um, I have so many interests and hobbies, but so many things I I hope and plan to do, you know, post crazy touring. Um, I would love to be, uh, to, 
to teach uh, as a college professor in a uh, university, something to do with music, with music business, uh, or the music industry itself. Um, I could, I would be totally happy running or working at my own CrossFit gym. Uh, I could, lo- I would love opening my own restaurant. I love to cook, and uh, I was a server, bartender for five years. I really enjoyed that. Uh, I, I don't know, you know. I think all I know is that you know, everything I've ever done and chose to do. I just I have a really great girl and uh, a great family who's behind me and supports me, and I think that because of that, it doesn't really make anything seem that scary or bad. Well said, man. Now, uh, Matt uh, told me to uh, ask you why the rhythm section is so cool, man. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know that we are, but uh, I definitely I appreciate his uh, his optimism on that. But uh, you know, it's very that's always a cool and special thing when you know your the rhythm section of your band. It, it is a really important part of the band that holds it down and uh, have two of us to get along well and have common interests and. Uh, a good feel, just a natural feel together is definitely a thing, uh, you know, a unique and special experience that both of us can uh, enjoy and partake in. Awesome. Well, I've enjoyed both of you guys on the, on the shows, man. Uh, you guys are great. And uh, I look forward to meeting you guys uh, in Nashville here in a couple weeks, man. Thanks and, a lot, uh, Ryan. I appreciate it, man. I'm looking forward to seeing you as well. All right, brother. Well, Hey man, uh, best luck on the run, man. I'll see you here in a couple weeks and uh, tell Matt, I said, what's up, man. All right, man. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you later. Thanks, man. Big thanks to uh, Poppy for uh, cutting some time out. So one of the biggest uh, rock bands going today, especially in the last year or so. These guys are uh, really humble dudes. I'm looking forward to uh, they're actually going to be in Nashville here in June. Uh, those guys were uh, awesome enough to uh, get me an uh, invite to the show. So I'm looking forward to hanging out with those guys, meeting them, and uh, watching them play. That's going to be a good time. And uh, a band that I'm really, really excited about, uh, and I've pretty much been a fan of for a long, long time, Um and that's uh, 311. I mean, those guys have been at it for a long, long time. Really an honor to have them on the show. Peanut will be joining us in just a moment. Uh, their new album, Stereolithic, is out now. I suggest you pick it up. Uh, really, really solid material. Uh, what you would expect from, from 311, you know. Uh, the first track is Five of Everything. This is 311 here on Revelator. Everything, but I still proceed. Help me 
That is five of everything here on Revelator by 311. I'm joined now by the bass player of the band 311, Peanut. Uh, hey, man, thanks for uh, coming on the show, man. We appreciate it. Well, thanks for inviting me. It's the least I can do for playing our music. Hey, man, uh, you know that's that's what we're all about here, man. Now, uh, you you guys just released a new album uh, early March of this year. Uh, and congrats on uh, it's your ninth straight top ten album debut. Uh, you debut at number six on the Billboard Top 200. Um Man, you guys have been at it for got twenty plus years now, man. I mean, what's it like to still have the backing of, of the fans uh, even after all these years, man? You know, or, you know, you release an album, you know, the fans are in out there and they want to hear the new stuff, and uh, that's got to be pretty humbling, right? It's it's great. I mean, it it falls completely in line with um with with the sit down we had with our first record label. And they were like, you know, you're gonna go out on the road, you're gonna you're gonna prove it to people. You're gonna be a you know, you're gonna be a touring band. You're gonna you're gonna have a, a you know a grassroots following and all these things. Like, like cool. Thanks for the thanks for the advice. We'll just we'll just take that for 25 years and keep running with it. Right on. Now, uh, you mentioned obviously early record label. Um, you know, we've had a lot of guests on where you know you know bands you know like guys like uh, Mike Dool from Taproot. We've had the guys from Clutch on bands that have been a, been around a long long time, but up and down the road and kind of been through. A little bit of everything in the music industry. Uh, for you guys in particular, um, where have you seen the industry change the most as far as you know record deals and labels and you know kind of the social network kind of change that uh, that makeup uh, in the landscape of the industry? Yeah, the business has done a complete one hundred and eighty. Um, the the bands have have almost all the control. Um, the bands can be the record labels now. Um, you know, and the and the marketing department and 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 all all that. Um, the pressure is really on the creative side, and and I would think that that would make for a, a really cool scene. And and when you and when you look for it, you can find it. But uh, I keep expecting for the the pop power to just be completely demolished, and and there to be really like a, a super cool underground like groundswell 
but but then at the same time, then it would just be watered down and it would turn into the norm. So maybe we're in a good place where the vast disparities between what is popular and what is cool uh, can kind of coexist and and not and not uh, infiltrate each other. So I don't know. It's a it's a beautiful place to be. I love that we learned what we learned in the in the nineties and uh you know and concentrated on the on the live show but but also like business side of things like hey the more you own the better the better off you are and, uh we've had our own studio for over ten years now and and uh made a made you know a, a fistful of albums there and it's just it's just cool it's worked out perfectly for us um how much social media has uh taken over uh being able to grab people's attention and if you have certain likes and dislikes, you can focus your attention on solely those things and not have to you know, flip through the three channels that we grew up with and, and watch the commercials that they force you to watch. You can really, you can be your own individual in this digital age and uh, and totally geek out to the point of no return. Like, um, as we released the album, we were releasing videos of... of uh, behind-the-scenes stuff that I shot while we were recording and writing stuff and stuff that had never been seen before, uh, little moments that wouldn't have been captured by anybody except for a member of the band, and uh, and how cool that is. And I, I love uh, just being able to add to that kind of depth of the release and, and how and why these songs came together. It's just cool to let people in. And that that is something that I don't think anyone would have been able to see coming, just to be able to do it so easily. Let's get my Canon 5D, some fancy lenses, and just sit in the room and just let it happen and make sure the guys know that I'm filming so I don't get nervous. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it's nice to, nice to give, you know, kind of the inside view uh, to the fans as well. And also on this album, you guys work with uh, Scotch. Uh, it's your first album you, you've worked with him in quite some time. Um, is there any reason you guys, you know, went such a long period of time without working with him and decided to go back or? I don't. I don't know. I, I just. I think we're we're always trying to learn something from our producers. So it, it's kind of, you know, when and when we get in a groove, we like to stay there, and we're we're really loyal and and uh, all those things. But and Scotch is like a member of the band, so you know, for for whatever reason, it was just like we were kind of soaking in the the. 500 pound gorilla in the in the room and the thing going on with with scotch like well let's just see how it goes with the with the writing and everything and and uh, it just worked out great you know it's so so easy he he allows us to be ourselves even more than how we would be um you know with with somebody else well the elm stereolithic as i said uh, came out uh, mid-march um i think kind of goes back to uh you know, a lot of your earlier stuff kind of really, I mean, not that you guys, you guys have always really had a, a nice uh, groove to you uh, through all the albums, but uh, when, I, when I listen to the album, it kind of takes me back to some of the earlier stuff, which I obviously I really dig. Um, is that like a process for you guys? You obviously have a lot of albums, EPs, and, you know, the live you know, releases and all those things. Um, when you're re- in the recording after album after album, do you guys kind of get together and you know, have a theme or, hey, we want to accomplish this on this record and, and push one another musically, whether it be on bass or vocals or drums or whatever it may be? Um, you know, maybe loosely and and maybe one-on-one, but it's not like a, a committee sits down and tries to carve out how, how it's going to happen. It's really like, you know, uh, as we're collaborating on these songs, like two or three people, 
it just kind of starts taking shape and then and then and then there's some momentum and and the other songs kind of follow suit um it's 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 fun to watch it. it what what's really cool on this album is i got i got fully asked to be in the the vocal uh lyric writing sessions and uh how much fun it is to have an influence on the like the philosophies and the uh, the conflicts and and whatever that we're we're talking about to be able to throw the, around ideas and uh, and add to the songs in that way has really been a, a a super creative high five from the from the band to me that I that I love and hopefully I delivered on this album. Well, I think you definitely did, man. Um, now, obviously, with an album comes touring, you guys are obviously aggressively touring, no strangers to the road by any means. Um, what are some of the biggest challenges that you guys face today as opposed to, I don't know, say 15 years ago or so? Um, I mean, it's just, it's the same, it's the same challenges. It's trying to just um, do something unique that, that you can get a large group of people excited about. Um, and it, and it should always be like that. It shouldn't, it shouldn't be too easy. It shouldn't be too hard. Um, we're not, we're not a, we're not a jam band. We're not a, we're not a radio band. We're, we're somewhere, we're somewhere in between. And, uh, and, and it's not going to work. Like it's not going to be huge. And, uh, and at the same time, there'll always be an audience. It's, it's kind of walking that line where, uh, we got to keep ourselves happy about what we're what we're making and uh and and the audience as well but uh i don't know it's just it's it's kind of the common uh rock band problems it's just uh keeping keeping it interesting keeping it keeping it unique after after 25 years Right. Now, I mentioned also, also uh, balancing home life, too. You know, things change you know, from your younger to get older, you're married and kids and all those things, you know. Um, it, it's obviously, uh, you know, obviously a harder thing to ba- to balance as you get older. But um, is set list a challenge for you guys now having so much material? Um, and do you still get nervous when you play new songs in, in front of crowds at all? You know, well, hey, I wonder if this song, you know, this song off, you know, the album is going to translate, you know, per town kind of thing. Right, you know, if you worry about that, you you you're gonna you're gonna talk yourself out of being able to play on stage in front of people. Um, I ne- I've never gotten nervous. I mean, if it, if anything, I'm excited, and if it and if it goes over, great, and if it doesn't, um, it's still no worries. I'm still I'm still the the happiest guy in the room playing playing in front of people that, um, you know, I'd rather rock people than confuse them. But at the same time, if if we confuse our our tour audience a little bit, because we're stretching out, and we're and we're trying something new either in the set list or just the way we write and what we put on the album, I think we're I think we're still doing a good thing because that's that's fun for me to uh, just to if we're if we're trying to teach people things or we're trying to put on a different outfit uh, and for a band that plays as many different styles and has as many influences as we have. Uh, the fact that we can still dig and and try new stuff and and test ourselves and our audience is such a it's such a fun thing that uh, when and if it doesn't work out, it's still something that we can kind of uh, support ourselves up in. And and honestly, over the last like two or three albums, that's I think that's what we kind of did. We were kind of searching around for for who we are, and then uh, getting into such familiar territory with Scotch 
and him digging up old demos that for some reason were just like three quarters finished and needed some fresh life, which which he added. And then we all got excited and got behind and that helped you know, add, add new information too. Uh, it's just it's just the way it goes, you know. I'm just happy we lived through it. My my kind of favorite phrase about where we are now, and what how how the last ten years have been, and uh, and and where the challenges are, and, and how stoked the, the the core audience is about about this new album Stereolithic, and how excited the band is to play all these songs live. And it's just it's great. It's a great place to be. It's a, it's a super interesting story. It's not it's not made for TV. And, uh, and, you know, it's, it's real life and it's, it's, uh, it's, it feels kind of blue collar, even though we have, you know, more support than, than we might have ever deserved in in one way of thinking about it. Uh, it's great to be able to be creative and uh, to have that mind where we're still pushing the limits a little bit (laughs) as 40 year olds. Right. Now, I I mean, I think, you know, you mentioned it is blue collar, but you still got to go out there and you guys still, you know, log the miles and you know are out there you know pounding the pavement and playing show after show and you, you guys are still doing that right now um i mentioned there's a lot of fun to be had on the road too you know to kind of break up the monotony from traveling town to town uh what are some uh interesting or you know crazy things that you've uh, been witness to either at a, at a show or you know just traveling and stopped at a truck stop somewhere and seen something been like what the hell is that you know um the the thing that pops into my mind is we were we were in europe probably 15 years ago and we were at a festival, and they had a, like a bungee bungee jump, and and I guess every like maybe like six or eight years, Nick Nick decides to do something crazy like that and throw his body into space with with little or no support. And this this particular this particular bungee jump was like on a crane, so it was Gosh. wasn't wasn't like a fixed tower or anything. You know they. Yeah. they you, you know, maybe had been there for a long time. It was something they drove up to the spot and, and hung a cord from and were throwing these people's poor bodies off of for money. And Nick just says, hey, I'm going to do this. And I'm, I'm sitting with our, our drum tech, pretty much everything tech at the time, uh, a man who's thus become a legend uh, in the in the backline field and has worked for everybody, our, our friend Yeti. Um, you should have seen how scared he was when, when Nick jumped off there. He was like, he was like holding his heart and <laughs> it was, it was funny to see him in, in, in such stress, even though it was a pretty scary thing because that, that crane definitely moved under, under Nick's weight as Nick is a large gentleman. Um, but that's, you know, you never know what's going to happen. You got to be prepared for almost anything. And, uh, and there's nothing like traveling with your friends or, over two decades to uh, to uh, you know have a lot to talk about to your grandkids. I tell you what, that's a really cool story, and I appreciate you uh, you sharing that on the show with us. Um, <laughs> obviously, you know, traveling up and down the road. You guys have been friends a long time. Uh, I mean, you guys, you know, obviously, you know, you're gonna do the, you know these you know fifty you know all these shows. Uh, is you guys kind of afterwards just kind of like take a break from one another and just like, man, I'm I'm heading home to the the wife and kids. I'll, I'll see you in a week or two, kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, we we don't we don't really see each other out, outside of rehearsal and and the shows and and it and it works out great. I mean, birth, the kids' birthdays are are a great extra kind of social thing that that we've added. But but other than that, uh, that that space that we have is just as important as our as our closeness. And uh, you know, four out of five of us have families, and 
And uh, as important as this 311 thing is, there's there's no beating that that flesh and blood and that that you know those eyeballs that that we've made, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and how important that is, and 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 actually how how cool it's all all been like. It's just it was it was great that we all waited till we were a little bit older to start having families as 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 much as we travel, and uh, and then at the same time it's it's amazing how much of an influence I think that's had on our our uh, our kind of depth and uh, uh, perception and uh, and empathy. Like here's these brand new creatures that that we're responsible for, and and right. what's what's making it happen is this is this music, you know, and this love. And and how just just endlessly cool that is, and and what a great life these these kids are going to have grow, growing up with with people that have been allowed to to do what you know exactly what they wanted their whole lives, and uh, I love the idea of kind of passing that on to my sons. Like you know, have the, have the podcast of your dreams, you know, and or or travel travel with your friends, or you know, just do do what you you need to do. And and hopefully everything will will you know come into come into place one one way or the other. Don't don't compromise just because uh, everyone else is. <laughs> that's for them. No, I no, I I think that's that's a very positive message, and you guys have always had a very uh, positive vibe. Not to get all uh, fandom on you here now. Uh, the first time I saw you guys play was uh, I think between ninety six ninety seven uh, in Cleveland, Ohio, at the old Blossom Music Center. Um, at 102.9 The Buzz, it was BuzzFest. It was you guys, uh, no doubt, Goldfinger, Filter, and Candlebox. It was the first time I saw you guys play, and it was fantastic. I now, uh, And uh, years and years later, um, I, I had a really nasty injury, and I was laid up with a broken neck, right? Oh. And uh, really, really rough time for me. And you know what? I think I, I jammed the album Transistor a lot, man. I, that album got me through some pretty dark days where you're just kind of sitting around. I got the whole brace on and I'm eating my, you know, my medication, you know, you're not do, you don't do much with a broken neck and I just sit around, you know. Um, and, uh, I appreciate, you know, I, I've always been a fan of you guys for a long, long time and not to get all crazy fandom on you, but, uh, that album, Transistor, helped me through a lot of, uh, a lot of rough spots in, in uh, at that particular time of my life. And I thank you guys for, you know, continuing to do what you do and, and put a positive vibe out there, man. I mean it. Uh, we're 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 happy to do it. It, it totally comes naturally, it, and it's it's cool to see how people use us like like that. Like, you know, just whatever what, you know, whatever they need from us, um, it's it's you know, they they can they can find it. You you can find it. I mean, we can find it in in music, not necessarily 311, but but under under the 311 bubble, uh, we hear that a lot, and that's like. Besides being able to to pay the bills, do, doing this, and you know, raise the family, to be able to help people um, is is you know, it's totally in line with that. Like if we could if we could pay the bills with making people happy, which is I guess what we do, um, in one way of, of looking at it, it's it's the best thing to wake up to. It's like oh, I was like, where am I? It's like oh, I'm in, you know, I'm in I'm in Chattanooga, Tennessee today. Okay. Um, Oh yeah, we're gonna make people smile. <laughs> like we're gonna right. we're gonna make them sweat and smile and think about things, you know, or or not, you know, if they want to let go, they can do that too. And it's not it's not unique to us in, in any shape or form, but but that's what our audience gets from us. And to to have that velocity, as in speed and direction, um, is is such a cool thing in the in this career. And and uh, I just wonder, like. 
it makes me think about the the decision that we made ever ever so faithful way 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 back in the day faithful not faithful um, as to where we were going to move either Los Angeles or, or New York and what what we would have or could have turned into if we would have went to like Manhattan or something like that and and I love the California thing that we that we spread around but it always it always makes me wonder but but it, you know the California thing for for me. Is is that positive? Like it just it just feels good to be at the show, even even if we're rocking out, or even especially if we're if we're rocking out. It's uh, it's something to share, and it's something that not everyone's gonna get. And the people who do, uh, you know, have a have a big huge network of of uh, of friends that that they just haven't met yet. Well said, man. Now, uh, one more thing. I know you guys obviously have a lot of shows going on. Now, you have limited um, posters, I think, for May, right, um, which are limited prints. Um, uh, who's the uh, artist on that again, if you don't mind? Oh, I, you know, I don't know. Our, our merch guy isn't within arm's reach. He keeps, he keeps a handle on all of that and has led us around very, very good and helped us step up our, our artistic game and uh, almost in particular the, the posters and the, the event shirts and stuff like that. It's just it's cool to make it special and to have something that lasts that people can you know, remember the show and then hopefully get them excited about the next show because that's what it's all about. Right on. Well, uh, people listening, obviously go to you know check out three eleven on Twitter, uh, Facebook. You know we'll have links uh, obviously on the site here. Uh, they can go check out if you're in a in a town where three eleven is playing in May. Check out one of those limited prints as well. Uh, Peanut, uh, it's been a pleasure, man. We close out with a track off the new album Stereolithic, uh, the Great Divide. Uh, anything you would like to add on this track before we uh, spin out tonight? Oh, uh, you know, it's it's uh, it was a couple of songs that that got mashed together and turned into what what is easily one of my favorite songs on Stereolithic. Um, you know, it's a challenge to play, super fun to listen to, um, something to think about during and after. And uh, I don't know, it's just it 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 could be your new favorite 311 song. Awesome. Well, hey, man, I uh, <laughs> appreciate, uh, appreciate the time, and uh, we close out with the Great Divide 311 here on Revelator. It's like I stepped into a dream I think you know what I mean A reality break to a place unseen Things come alive, stupefied mind Quarantine from sleep and then awaken To some in between Hey, I'm on a cloud buffet I jump into the valley of the far from Monday My knees buckle, I chuckle, chuckle Motherfucker, I get back up Like there never was a scuffle Strange, I can tell from Brothers Grimm They're watching you, we can't look at them Living life out here like gonna live One or the other, sink or swim Maximum velocity, yeah, speeding up so rapidly There's nowhere else I'd rather be for me They keep you high, they won't let you calm down Distract the facts, man, that's the plan now Where you work, where you learn, what you search Count too much, get off of that purse Virtual reality Baby, the Kool-Aid that 
wanna be You make that choice indubitably They wanna play my emotions But I'm at the ocean To come to get upset by somebody's notion Future makers, organ takers And non-human intelligence is guiding Worlds colliding for a waste of system I string the end where I need them What we gonna get with a zero view? Gotta have the one to make it real I'll tell you that more will be revealed A mystery, don't bother me Everyday masquerade There's always too many plans we lay Keep going faster down the grave we made The Great Divide here on Revelator by 311. Thanks to Peanut uh, for uh, cutting some time out in his travels. Uh, those guys are currently on tour, so obviously you know, go check 311 out, man. Those guys have been at it for a long time. Uh, as far as bass and drum grooves, it doesn't get much better than 311, right? Uh, again, for more information about 311 in this particular episode of Revelator, head on over to omnes.tv. Again, that's O-M-N-E-S.tv. Also find me, Ryan, on Twitter, Ryan underscore unsigned. Again, thanks to Pop Evil as well. And Righteous Vendetta, big time triple header uh, on this particular broadcast. And next week, we've got other great artists for you. Um, Brief Flying V will be coming back on after uh, almost, gosh, a little over a year since she was on. She was on the old show, uh, Unsigned. So, um, you know, if, you, if you're if you on the site, go back and uh, dig through that. Um, really, really cool interview. She'll be back on talking about her uh, current tour. And uh, this really kick-ass uh, metal band from uh, the East Coast, Julius Seizure. Uh, will be joining us. You definitely want to check that out as well, especially you metalheads out there. Hey, Mike, wonderful job as always. It seems harder to enjoy the finer things in life. Until next time, do so, everybody. This was episode 59, One Righteously Evil Rhythm Section. For show notes or links to topics discussed on this episode of Revelator or to experience previous episodes, head on over to omnes.tv, that's O-M-N-E-S dot TV, and click on Revelator. Thanks for listening. <laughs>